Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we're discussing what my 30s have taught me so far. Yeah, peeps, I'm in my early 30s. And you know, the thing I found out about my early 30s is, I have to say, the first two years of my early 30s sucked brick. I mean, really sucked brick. I'd like to say there was another term for it, but not really. Now, did they teach me a lot? Yes, they did. They taught me an awful lot. But the thing is, is I had to lose two family members, like one when I was 30, one when I was 31. And I'm like, I did not see it coming with either one. And they were very close family to me. So it's like, man, that was hard. And it was before the pandemic, so it had nothing to do with COVID. It's just, it just happened that way. And then, right after that, we got COVID. And I'd have to say for me, even though I've had COVID three times in the last two years, twice this year, no fun. No fun at all. An Omicron variant? I know everyone's saying it's easier than the first one. I didn't find it to be so. But anyway, <laughs> let's just say... You know, with COVID and the other, it was not fun. But also, I have to say, despite losing my family members, despite the pandemic, there have been some amazing things that have happened in my early 30s. And I think the main thing is I've always known since I was a little kid that I would finally have grown into myself because I've really been the way I am since I was, I can remember being two and being the same type of person, the same thought processes and going, this would be so much better when I am an adult and mature and I'm not stuck in this little kid body. And I think, you know, that's the thing that I like most about being in my 30s is being perfectly comfortable with who I am as a person. It doesn't mean I don't have days when I don't doubt myself. It doesn't mean that I don't second guess myself sometimes, but it does mean that I sit there at the end of the day and go, I'm owning my decisions and I like my decisions and I wouldn't change my decisions for the world. And to be able to say that is pretty cool. The other thing that I've realized is I love my life. It's like people say, well, don't you wish you could do X, Y, Z? And I'm going, not really. I, I love teaching English, which is what I do for my living. I, I love being back in college again for my business degree. I, I love having time here in the next month. I'm getting ready to not go abroad to the other place abroad right now, but not go abroad further to the other place because I'm like, that didn't work out. But I'm getting ready to change my living conditions. I'm going, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to actually go do something fun, like watch um, WandaVision, like my one Korean student has been asking me. She says, Anna, don't you want to see this? I'm like, I do, but I just don't have time. And I'm like, you know, now I have time. So I'm, I'm really quite happy with my life. And you know, the other thing that I've realized is with with people around me who are about my age, etc., they're like, 
don't you don't you want to go find a partner? Don't you want to do X, Y, Z? You know, this kind of came to a head about a week and a half ago because I was doing a lesson with one of my students and they were talking about, you know, their life and wanted to know the American viewpoint on dating. And I'm like, well, even though I was born in America, I really don't have the viewpoint of most Americans and I don't really date. So I'm probably not the best person to ask about this question because it's not really a big thing to me. And they're like, well, don't you want to find someone? And I'm like, I don't think our life should be about finding some person. Now, I do think, you know, the main thing, and as some of you know from listening to my previous podcast or looking at the blog last year, I did try online dating because my friends were like, Anna, you're in your 30s. You don't have to take care of, and not to be bad or anything, but they said, you know, you're no longer caring for the family members that you were caring for because they're no longer there. So you can, you know, consider being in a relationship more readily because you don't have to worry about how this is going to affect those people. And I was like, that is true, but that seems like a lousy reason to date. Because to me, I've always thought ever since I was a little kid, I'm going, I'm really not out to date very many people. If I end up with someone, it's only probably going to be one person. And that's, it's just going to be one of those Yep, that's the person kind of moment. And I've known that since, again, I was a little kid. And it's not that I believe I can love in first sight or anything, because honestly, I'm not a romantic person. I'm just a person who sits there and goes, I do not have the time nor the energy for dating multiple people. And also, I don't like the, the lack of care that is shown with that kind of thing. And you know, for most people, they don't see it that way. And I figure you do you. If you want to go date several people, go date several people, be happy. But for me, I realized that wasn't my thing. And so I was like, I really don't want to do this. But I I did because I had several friends who were like, Anna, you really should consider this. And since it's the middle of the pandemic, probably the only option for you is going to be online dating. I'm like, I hate the idea of online dating. I side with Mayim Balak, who thinks that that is the the thing that might bring our societies down because it really does not give a a good picture of who a person is just based on a profile pic and you know a short bio so anyway but because of my friends and also because of the Taiwanese BL drama I do be left in house which if you haven't seen you should stop this podcast and go listen to I was like what if I'm not there for a person on a tire show? I'm going, I really can't live with that idea because I want to be there for the people I'm supposed to be there for. But after about three to six months of online dating, I was like, I'm not saying that there is not someone I'm supposed to be there for on that tire string. I'm just saying that I am assured beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is not anyone on these dating websites. <laughs> so that was kind of my foray. And also I realized I have very different goals than most people who are my age. I mean, my goals are, I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to experience new cultures. Even though I am a hobbit and I love being in one place, I want to sit there and go, I don't just know the world is round. I've seen the world is round. I have gone and experienced, you know, visiting 10 countries. And I can tell you like, this food is delicious here. I wouldn't try this over here. And 
do that. And the thing that I found out is most people my age that would be looking to with someone, they don't want to. They want to, you know, buy the ranch house, have the five kids in six years, or not five kids in 10 years. And, you know, that's the kind of life that they want. And there is nothing wrong with that life if that's the kind of life that you want. But I'm going, that's not the life I want. If I do have children, which I fully intend to, I'm not sure there'll be bio kids. I mean, not because I don't want bio kids. It's just life is so uncertain in every situation. And also I'm going, there's no guarantee that even if you want bio kids, you can have bio kids. And if that is a clincher on a relationship, then the ability or inability to have bio kids is going to be a stressor for that relationship. So that's one of the reasons I'm going, I just really don't fit the type that most people are looking to date. And the thing that I realized about that, I've been going, I'm okay with that. I don't want to be that type. It's not that I'm against that type. It's not that I think there's anything wrong with that type, but I'm going, for me, I probably will end up adopting kids. If I have some of my own, I will go, oh, yay, that was a pleasant surprise. But it's not like a huge deal. And it's also like, I don't feel like bio kids, adopted kids, it doesn't matter because they're all your kids. They live in your house. They share the same air. They share the same care. It really doesn't change things. And I know for most people, they think very differently about that. They're like, these are my adopted kids. These are my bio kids. They are all my kids, but they're different. And I'm going, me? They're all just your kids. So that's the other thing I found. It's like, when I was talking to this guy, he was like, you're, you're not worried that you know you're in your 30s and unmarried? I'm going, no, I'm not worried at all. Because even if I was in my 40s, 50s, or 60s, what's the point of being worried about something? I would rather be alone and happy by myself with my kids than be in a relationship because I'm trying to be in a relationship and realize that that person didn't work out. And then I have to figure out how we split the kids up on the weekends. I'm like, that is just not a good idea. And I know that that's not always happened, but I'm going with the fact that statistically speaking, over 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's not really like you should marry for the sake of marrying. You should marry because you really can't imagine being with anyone else in the universe. It reminds me of that scene I was just watching, um, oh, Supergirl, it's on my watch list, but I discovered there's this character named Brainy, and I'm going, I so get Brainy. I mean, no offense, it's like, oh, Brainy, totally get. He's like this half computer, half human, and I'm like, he overthinks things to the nth degree, but in like the last episode, he comes back to Earth because he he had left Earth because he found out that if he stayed and was with the woman he loved, the whole time-space continuum could be disrupted and it could cost the woman he loved, it could cost him, it could cost the universe at large. And so he's like, I can't do that, so I must leave. But in the last episode, he shows back up and you're going, this is interesting because he has calculated everything that it would not work. And so his girlfriend's like, why are you here? He's like, well because the future is not set. We don't know what's going to happen. All I know is 
I care for you, and the future will be right. And I'm going, you know, that is why people should end up together, in my opinion. It's like, they are worth the risk. And I'm going, if you don't meet anyone that you feel is worth that risk and who feels exactly the same way about you, then it's not really a bad thing. It's just you didn't find that person or that person may exist, but have found their perfect elsewhere. And either way, I don't see the reason to be distressed by that. And, you know, maybe it's different for me because I have quite a few friends. I have quite a few family and it's like my life is full. And also I will have my kids whether or not I have a husband. And so I'm going or a partner and I'm like, it really doesn't change all that much. Except I'm going, I do want to be there for that person on the tire swing if I'm supposed to. But if I'm not, it's like, oh, well. And, you know, I think that being in your early 30s, being like, for me, I always knew that if I did get married, I would want to get married in my late 20s or my 30s. And the reason being, I mean, I don't care if I get married in my 40s, to be honest. I mean, or if I don't get married at all. But the reason being is I'm like, I want to know that I am capable, that I can take care of myself, that if my kids are here, I can take care of them, that I'm not relying on my partner to do that. Not that my partner will not be there to support me and that I won't be there to support them, but that it is more of a partnership than a dependency, as it were, meaning that I'm not like I was talking about my friends and like, well, if you if you were had a boyfriend or you had a husband or a partner, you wouldn't have to pack up all this stuff that you're moving by yourself. You could have them help you do it. And I'm going, why would I do that? If I'm not willing to pack up the stuff, I'm certainly not going to ask my beloved partner, oh, I'm exhausted. Will you pack up these five boxes for me? I'm like, I am not doing that to someone because I wouldn't have that done to want that done to me. So I'm going, that would not be a component. We would probably just have a moving crew come if that were the case, because I'm not going to make them do something because I don't want to do it. And they're like, you're weird on. I'm going, I am weird, but I don't think it's fair to rely on someone for that in that way. Now, if your partner would come to you and see that you're physically yours and say, let me help you with that. I'm like, of course, I think that makes perfect sense. But to sit there and go, I'm exhausted. Will you pack up these five boxes and haul them out to the garage for the moving company? I'm like, I would never do that to someone because it just seems wrong to me to um, do that. Now, I know for many couples, that's perfectly good for them. But I'm like, I just can't imagine doing that. It's just not the way that I, I think. So anyway, but I think that the thing for me is I'm like, I love my life. I love my friends. I love my family and my kids. I love too, even though they're not here yet. And I'm going, you know, at the end of the day, my life is really amazing just as it is. Now, if I had a partner, it could be better, it could be worse, but I don't think drilling on what you don't have is ever a good thing. And if you're content as you are, I think, you know, if there's one thing life has taught me in the last few years, it's that 
everything you need comes to you when you're supposed to have it. I mean, it, it's been a crazy few years. I have to say, like, you know, it has never been particularly easy before my 30s. And even though I lost family, or like when I was 30 and when I was 31, and that was really, really hard, even in the midst of that, I remember sitting there going, I am much more capable of handling the situation now than I would have been in my 20s. Now, in my 20s, I was still very mature. I was still capable of handling things. But I felt more in my skin and more capable and more able to handle those issues because I had lived through my teenagers. I had, let's face it, teenagers for anyone, despite I mean, I can't think of a single person that says, oh, I really want to go back and live my high school years. It just doesn't happen. And your early 20s, I mean, living through having to become a adult in our societies is not an easy thing. And not that being a kid is easy, too, because I'm like, you know, I remember being a kid and going, I feel like I'm an adult, but I'm stuck in a kid's body, and I can't, even though I am an adultish kid, it's not easy to be an adult when you are not an adult yet. And so, you know, I think we have all the tools we need to face whatever comes our way. We have all the, the capabilities that we need to fight our battles. And, you know, I think that's the thing that really came home to me in the last few years because it's like I I found out that you know my two family members that are no longer here it's like they're gone but I am quite capable of taking care of myself and yes I I feel very sorry for their loss it's like that is something that I will probably never not be sorry for but it was not my fault it was completely unexpected and when life throws you those kind of curveballs I think the thing is, is how do you handle it? And then how do you handle the pandemic? And, you know, living basically in quarantine for the last few years and still getting COVID despite that fact three times. I'm going, you know, third time was not a charm. But the thing is, is you learn from those experiences and they help you develop as a person and to hopefully become more centered in your decisions. Now, Sometimes it can make you more stubborn. It can make you more, you know, less of who you're supposed to be as a person. And, you know, I think that's something that I personally have to not work against stubbornness, but have to work against, like, if I do need help for something, I'm getting better at saying I need help for something, not hauling boxes. It's That's still something that's like, I'm not asking people to do that. But except for the moving crew, they can do that because that's their specified job. But anyway... I think the thing is, is, you know, as I've gotten older, I've realized there are some things that I want. I want to travel the world. I want to have my kids. I don't care how those kids come. I just know they're going to be awesome. And I prefer to have several that are adopted because I know that they will have a better life traveling with their crazy din mom than they would have had, you know, growing up in an orphanage. And so I think, you know, if you have a chance to give people that kind of shot at life, totally do it. Now, does that mean that it's all going to be easy and simple and that me and the kids and everybody will have this picture-perfect relationship and family? No, but I think 
part of life is enjoying the chaos and appreciating the mess for the beauty that is in it. Because I'm going, nothing is perfect, but everything can be beautiful in the end. And I think that's the main thing that all these crazy years that have added up to my 30s have taught me. And the other thing it's taught me is I know what I want in life. I am not sitting there going, what do I want? And that's a good thing. And I can honestly say, you know, for me, I don't really, everything that I want in life, I either have or I'm preparing to have. And I think, you know, when it comes to like a possible relationship, I'm like, I really, I know what I don't want in that arena after last year. It's like, I don't want someone who is, you know, going to want five kids in 10 years. I'm like, that is not something I want. Now that's something that other people might want. I also don't want to, you know, spend my entire life in North America. I'm like, I love the living abroad. I don't really, I want my kids to have an international childhood. That's something that I want for them. And not because I think there's anything wrong with how I grew up in the U.S. I don't think there's anything wrong with the U.S. at all. But I think that raising our children so that they can know, you know, there are other cultures, there are other places, the world is very round, so that they become more inquisitive, that they see more beauty in the world because of things that they wouldn't have seen if they had stayed in the States. I think, you know, that's something that I really want for my kids. And I also realized, you know, a lot of guys, they do not want to adopt kids. And I'm like, I don't think that's wrong at all because that is not their jam. But I also think for me, I'm going, if I do end up with someone, whether I have already adopted my kids, whether we adopt our kids once we become a couple, they're going to be the kind of person that they don't care. Those kids are just our kids. And I have people say, well, don't you want to wait a few years and see if you get married before you have those kids? And I'm like, no, because I know that if I do end up with someone, they're going to be the kind of person who that isn't even something that they sit there and go, oh, Anna has kids. I don't know about this because my kids are going to be really awesome. And I'm like, yeah, marrying me would be interesting, but marrying me with my kids, I mean, I'm like, talk about a cool family they'd be marrying into. So anyway, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know much about the future, but I know my kids are awesome because they're my kids. It's like, yeah, I've just always known they'd be awesome. And it's not because I'm raising them. It's just because they and their effervescent, amazing selves are absolutely awesome. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's like, I know what I don't want and I know what I do want. And I'm like, that I think is really the key. It reminds me of like, um, when I was a kid, um, I was talking with someone once and they were like, well, don't you want to marry someone who's, or date someone who's handsome and attractive? And I'm like, that really doesn't matter to me at all. And like, even with my students, they're like, well, like, what's your criteria? Because they were talking about like, what do Americans find attractive in people? And I'm like, well, number one, 
I'm not like most Americans. This is a really bad question for me. Number two, I really don't think about people's appearance at all, unless they look like a scary, you know, person who might be in the mob or in a gang. That I, you know, I do take note of, but I'm like, I don't really sit there and go, oh, this person is attractive or this person is ugly because I'm like, character is what matters. And they're like, character? And I'm like, yeah, I said, do people do the right thing when they know they have nothing to gain and absolutely everything to lose and that no one may know that they are doing the right thing that i find extremely attractive now does that mean that i'd want to marry every person who has good character or date every person who has good character no it simply means i sit there and go that's a cool trait but that doesn't mean that i sit there and go i want to date them it just means i sit there and go that's a cool trait but You'd have to make sure that like, I'm going, it's not just you liking a person. That person has to like you back. And that's a two-way street. So it's like the, the possibilities are like 50-50 on that deal anyway. So I think, you know, the main thing is find out who you are. And then, at least for me, that has been the main thing. It's like, I've always known who I am. But I have to say the last few years have really settled that in me. And I'm going, I know who I am. I'm good with who I am. And if who I am is me and my kids and my family and my friends, I'm like, that's good. Now, if who I am also includes someone else in my life, then that will be good too. But it will be because together we make each other better and stronger and more capable and we don't you know i've always thought that marriage instead of being this romantic thing is more of like you have each other's back it's not that you are passionate it's not that you don't care it's not that kind of thing at all it's just i think it's more of a friendship on fire as one of the poets said because i think that you know it really truly is something where the good marriages that I've seen in my life, yes, I know that they loved each other beyond tomorrow, but I also know that they were really good friends and that they were there for one another, not just as husband and wives, not just as partners, not just as married couples, but simply as people who cared for one another well. And I'm going, you know, that's really the only reason people should get married is because they really do care for one another well. And I have to say, you know, I've only met a few couples that really fell into that category, but they really were happy. And one of them actually, they were married for like 52 years. But I'm going, they had each other's back and they loved each other as well as they could and I'm going at the end of the day that's success and also I'm going I've met a lot of people who are happy single now I know like they did it recently a poll I think it was in Japan yeah Japan it was in Japan they said that a lot of the people in their 30s there do not want to ever get married because they want to be free and I'm like you know I don't really see singleness as being free and marriedness as being unfree. It's like, okay, why does marriedness make you unfree? Of course, you are not free to go out and date other people when you are married. But I'm going, 
if you are married and happy, then why on earth would you want to go out and date other people? Now, I do get like being unsure of marriage because over 50% or about 50% of them fail. But I was like, three? That seems a really weird reason to not be married. As the majority vote for that reason, because I'm going, hmm, odd. But anyway, I'm like, there are more and more people who are deciding not to get married. And I don't think all of it is because they want to be free. I think a lot of it is because people who are like around my age, who are millennials, we sit there and go, we kind of, how say this? We're kind of an odd generation because we grew up with parents who, you know, were the graduating in the 70s and the 80s and who worked really, really hard and had a really good work ethic, but we saw the toll that that took on them. We saw the toll it took on their marriages. And I'm not saying that everybody had that, but you know, I've talked to a lot of people who are around my age and it's like, our parents, they worked really, really hard, but they had trouble in their relationships because they were fo so focused on their jobs. And the thing is, is I think in many ways, that my generation is kind of an inverse in that we we focus a lot more on our personal lives than our jobs. It's not that our jobs are not a consideration, but we sit there and go, how is this job going to affect my personal life? Way more than our folks would have, where our folks would have said, you know, how will my personal life affect my job? So I think, you know, it's an interesting inverse, but in the same way, when we come to relationships, we look at them a little differently than our parents did. Whereas like in my mom and dad's generation, it was more about, is the person college educated? Do they have a good job? Is it a dependable job? Will we be able to have kids with our salaries that are combined? Will we be able to make this work? Whereas my generation, I'm not saying we don't consider that, but I think, you know, most people that I've known in my generation is like, we are college educated, but a lot of us, but you know, it's not like we define ourselves by our education. It's like we sit there and go, it's good to have a degree, but if someone decides not to because they don't want to get in a massive amount of debt that they cannot pay back, it doesn't define their intelligence. So I think, you know, it's different viewpoints. It's like, we we want different things from our relationships in, with our friends, with our families, with our partners than we wanted, that maybe people wanted 20 to 30 years ago. Now, I think it depends on the person because there are still people who date people because of their income level or their, their job security or their height, for example. I mean, people date people for all kinds of reasons. But I think, you know, it's kind of interesting how with millennials, it is a different viewpoint than the previous generation. It's like I was just listening to a, a talk on this and they said, you know, millennials want businesses to be more ethical. That's what millennials care about when they purchase things. It's not that they don't care about the price, but they sit there and go, is this chocolate going to hurt kids in Africa because they're using child slavery to harvest the cacao beans? I mean, it's not that my parents' generation didn't think about that, but it just really wasn't on their 
viewpoint as much as I think with my generation is where we sit there and go, fair trade label, okay, this is all right. And of course, there are people that don't give a hoot about the fair trade label. But I think, you know, it really is interesting to see how each generation has its has its different nuances. And it's not that like my parents' generation was bad, because I don't, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying they had a very different viewpoint. And I think it's, it's one of the reasons that my generation is a little different than my parents' generation. And I think in many ways, the differences are good because we sit there and go, I want to have time for my kids. I want to have time for my partner or my friends or my family because I do not want to have it be like with my mom and dad where everybody is working so hard, but we never had time together. And then the years went by and poof, it's gone. Can't get that back. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's a very positive thing, but this has been quite a ramble. But in the end, I think that this is mainly a podcast on, you know, there's a lot that you can learn about things. And I like to say that the learning can always come easy, but I think that the best lessons I've learned have been some of the, the hardest. And I think, you know, the other odd thing is it's not necessarily the, the ones that you expect it to be. Like, I will say like when I lost my one relative, when I was about 30, I was like, I didn't really see that one coming, but it didn't hit me as hard as like the next year, which you thought would have been easier because I'd already gone through losing a relative. But I'm going, the next year I had this completely unexpected loss of a relative. And I'm going, that one hit way harder home because I was just sitting there really going, I really honestly didn't see this coming. Now I saw that it might be possible that I could lose them, but not in the way that I thought, not like rapidly, like literally within a month, poof. And I'm going, I really, really did not see that one coming. And I think that that inability to prepare oneself for that kind of change and that kind of loss really threw me for a loop. And, you know, I have to say like COVID, I mean, it hasn't been pleasant. It's been hard, but it's been nothing compared to the unpredictability of the loss that preceded it. So I think, you know, that's the main thing is realizing that we often learn the most about ourselves and about how to be more centered in the middle of kind of cataclysmic personal events. And I mean, it's not like it's been like through, it's been like two years now, but I'm going, it's not like I have sat there and go, oh, I'm completely over this because I don't think, I don't think we get over things. I don't think we get over those kind of events or traumas, if it will, but I think that we get through them. It's like, it's, it's a process. It's an experience. And also it has helped me. I mean, I would not be the same person I was if I hadn't have gone through that. And if I hadn't have been able to navigate that somewhat successfully. I'm not saying like I'm going, it wasn't a perfect success, but I have to say overall, I think it was navigated pretty successfully because I'm going, you know, 
life is good. Despite those losses, I have amazing friends. I have great family. I have support from places that I really didn't even see. And I'm going, you know, the, the funny thing is, is some of my best friends that I've had in my entire life actually came into my life right as I was losing that, that really shocking surprise of a loss with my other family member. Like, it's weird because it's like when something happens that really just kind of unsettles the situation, I found that it's really strange how the universe puts people in who are exactly who you need at that point in time. It's like, I'm sitting there going, I couldn't have planned this. I had no intention of meeting these people. And, you know, initially I was like, it's like I was talking to someone here just this week. They were like, well, you know, our best friends, we share things in common with them. We just know right away we're going to hit it off. And I'm going, you know, I'm really happy for you that your best friends are people who you knew right away would be your best friends. Because I'm going, for me, it has never been that way. I have to say, like, my best friends that I've ever had and who I still have, I really didn't think they would be good friends. It's not because they were bad people. They're fantastic people. It's just because I'm going, initially, I never would have guessed it. And mainly because of me and my, I'm, I'm very tentative around people that I don't know so it's like if I meet somebody who's a friend and they recommend somebody as I think this friend would be of mine would be someone who you really like to chat with and I'm going okay I will take that into consideration because I like you as a friend and so I'm guessing the friend that you want us to chat with is going to be awesome too and you know it has always worked out that way but I'm going initially I think it's mainly because I am reserved and I am half Vulcan. So because of that, it makes it difficult to initially trust people who you're unsure of. But I have to say, you know, it's like the universe just literally put like two to three people in my life at the same time that I was losing this relative. And they have been amazing people. I mean, they have helped me to reframe things so much better than I ever could have on my own. And they are exactly the kind of people that I needed in my life at that point in time. So I have to say, you know, it hasn't been easy, but the the things that I have learned in the in my early 30s, I would say are some of the best life lessons I could have ever gained. And I wish they would have come with less of a cost to me in the loss of my relatives. But I also don't know if I would have experienced them without that loss. I'm like, sometimes you can't experience things without having to go something somewhat bad. And I'm like, you know, it wasn't, it's not like I'm saying, the loss of my relatives was worth what I gave. No, not at all. But what I'm saying is, I think that the gains that I've learned in how to process things is, as it were, a gift that they gave me through their loss. It wasn't like, uh, like a like a perk at all. It's simply. It has taught me so much about how to handle situations. And I'm going, that is invaluable. And it's it's helped me become a better, more centered person in myself. I mean, I've always been extremely centered. I remember like when I was a kid, people were like, 
Anna, you're so calm. You're so centered. How do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I've always just been very calm, very centered. Even when I get stressed, my blood pressure actually goes down rather than up, which is kind of weird. But it's like, if something's stressful, you need to be able to figure out how to find your center in the middle of that. And I think that's the key. It's like, in my 30s, I'm much more able to sit there and go, hmm. It's like, even with this this huge, big, um, what do you call it? Um, thing with me trying to go on my other international trip here recently and finding out that didn't work. That was stressful, but it's like, okay, this doesn't work. Have a couple chocolates on the counter. Go call your friend who might need a roomie and see how you can fix this here in less than six hours. And lo and behold, it worked out because I didn't panic. I stayed calm. And I wouldn't have been able to do that nearly so well if I hadn't have lived through the last three years. And I'm going, that is an interesting thing. And that is, I think, one of the that's the biggest thing about being in my 30s is like, I've learned a lot and I have more to learn because it's like, life is interesting. Life is curious. And thankfully, it's not going to involve any more cataclysmic events of the nature that I have because I'm like, I'm not going through those kind of events anymore. <laughs> no, because it's like, I'm not saying there isn't going to be some bad things that happen, but I'm going not of that magnitude. So I'm like, you know, I think that is really good. And you know, also being the people that you want to see in the world. It's like, everyone's like, well, what kind of people do you want to bring into your life? And I'm like, I don't really think it's about sitting there going, I want to make good friends who are, you know, kind and smart and funny, but rather being the kind of person who is smart and kind. And it's interesting because it's like that will open your world up to people you never would have met before because you're being the kind of person that you want to see more of in the world. And that in turn helps bring those kind of people into your life, which is pretty cool. And that is the end of this very long ramble about what I've learned in my 30s. Check it at the round table. Bye.